The Baylor Bears have never won a football game in Morgantown. Is there any reason for that to change today? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody, and game day. I'm Drake Toll alongside Scotty Swingler. Welcome to Locked On Baylor, and thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. It is a funky game week in Morgantown on long rest for the bye week. Everything's just weird. And Scotty, the Baylor Bears are heading to a location where they have never had success. That's true, Drake. Uh, it's and and the game's tonight, not tomorrow, not Saturday, tonight. Where are you going to be watching the game, Drake? Uh, well, I have an intramural football game at 10, uh, where I'm going to be quarterbacking. <laughs> so, i to get my whole arm loose. Maybe Baylor, I'm going can't, to be... Baylor can't suspend and postpone intramural games while the real football team's playing? They are actually having football games tonight. So, I will be watching this game um, from mostly from my couch, writing, and then with... Three minutes left as it goes to overtime. I will be going to the intramural football fields <laughs> to warm up my arm and throw some touchdowns myself, which hopefully right. Blake Shapin can do this evening. That's right. Well, Drake, are you ready for this week's pigskin preacher sermon? Gosh, Scotty, I hope I'm ready. I, I don't think I've ever needed to lean on one more because I, you know, I apparently am the resident pessimist around here. And now I am still nervous about tonight's game. So I need you to get me out of my nervous funk. Well, I got to start off by saying that I love the mountains. I I always tell people all the time that I most resonate with the idea of an almighty creator when I'm in the mountains. I abhor living in Houston because I'm nowhere close to the mountains. Mountains are where it's at. It just hits different being in the mountains. I'm partial to the Lewis range of mountains in the Northern Rockies, as well as the Chizos mountains in Southwestern Texas. Maybe some of our listeners have their own favorite mountain ranges or hiking spots around the world. There's a, there's a reason we feel connected to the mountains as human beings. The Bible seems to indicate on a regular basis that mountains hold a particular grasp on the soul, that mountains are perhaps an especially holy place. So today we're going to do our weekly sermon a little bit differently. Mm. Normally, I like to take a particular text of scripture, exegete its meaning, and apply it to Baylor football. But today we're going to do what's called a survey of scripture. I want to emphasize the importance of the mountains according Mm. to the Bible. So quickly, let's talk about some significant biblical moments that happen in the mountains. Noah's Ark famously comes to rest in the Ararat Mountains, where God then makes a covenant with Noah to never again wipe out the whole of humanity via flood. Gee, thanks, God. That's great. Appreciate that one. Mount Ararat. Abraham and Isaac famously made a trip up into the mountains of Moriah, where God stayed Abraham's hand, and both father and son were allowed to come down with their lives. Moses had multiple famous mountaintop moments, including his encounter with the burning bush on Mount Horeb and receiving the law of God on Mount Sinai. King David 
ensured that Israel's capital city, Jerusalem, and temple were built in the Judean mountains. And Jerusalem itself is often referred to as Mount Zion. Elijah, revered by many Jews as their greatest prophet, famously encountered God in the sound of silence on Mount Horeb. Mm. And of course, Jesus himself had several notable moments in the mountains. In one famous instance, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to an unnamed mountaintop, and they, they saw Jesus hanging out with Moses and Elijah, who of course had been dead for centuries. Jesus famously prayed on the Mount of Olives before his journey to the crucifixion. He was crucified on Skull Hill. And according to Matthew's gospel, Jesus' final moments on earth took place on an unnamed Galilean mountain where he then ascended into heaven. So mountains, a lot of mountains, are significant. Mountains are holy. And mountains are, don't miss this, where God's people go to encounter God and have the trajectory of their lives fundamentally changed. Drake, the Baylor Bears mm. are headed to the mountains to face off against a team which finds its very mascot identity in their mountain-dwelling ways, the West Virginia Mountaineers. And I believe in this game, on a Thursday evening, the Bears will have the trajectory of their season fundamentally changed. Hmm. We will see the Bears for who they really are as they play in a literal mountaintop game. You'll note this is the second time Baylor will play in the mountains this season. Yes. After their first trip to the mountains, didn't go so well. No. Baylor already lost in double overtime in its first trip to the mountains this season. But there's an opportunity here for redemption. And let me tell you something about Jesus, Drake. He's in the redemption business. Mm. I don't think it's any accident or coincidence that Baylor goes to the mountains again this week. In fact, as a Christian, I believe that all things work together for those who love God. Baylor can redeem its away loss at BYU with a win in Morgantown tonight. And let me tell you, it will be a like-for-like like redemption because as tough as that road environment was in Provo, I expect this road environment to be equally, if not more, difficult. You see, I've said for many years, Morgantown is one of the two toughest places to play in the Big 12. Baylor, I'm sorry, West Virginia joined the conference a decade ago in 2012. And in five previous trips to those Allegheny Mountains, Baylor has never won a football game not once in addition baylor has yet to win against west virginia in back-to-back -back seasons oh gosh but i believe that this season the story changes this season baylor has its mountaintop moment redemption is coming and baylor is going to end those streaks bounce back and get a victory in Morgantown. And it will fundamentally change the trajectory of the season. Because make no mistake, Drake, if you're the Bears and you lose this game tonight, mm. you're out of the Big 12 title hunt. That's done, you're, yeah. You're fighting for bowl eligibility at that point. The Big 12 schedule does not get any easier from here. 
But if you win in Morgantown, get that monkey off your back and look confident while doing it. Well, I still believe this team is capable of winning the conference. I, I believe that anything is possible. And this could be the pivot point. The moment where at the end of the season, we look back and say, wow, I'm so glad we figured it out in the mountains. Because that's the game where the 2022 season turned around. The mountains were holy, season-defining turnaround places for Noah and Isaac and Moses and David and Elijah and even Jesus. They can be that for Baylor, too. It's time for redemption. It's time for a victory. Baylor goes to the mountains and comes back a brand new team, ready to win out and win the Big 12. I believe it. And this morning, I invite you to believe it as well. Amen. Wow. Scotty, the mountains, man. You know, I'll be honest, be honest with you. The Oklahoma State sermon last week, last time we did this, was not bad at all. But it, it just didn't feel like, you know, sometimes there's that basis in Scripture. Sometimes there's a basis in emotion. And it just felt, felt a little highfalutin, a little emotionally charged. The week before, you remember the week prior, Spotted Lantern Dude, Flies, man. The Spotted Lantern Flies, that's right. There was just something about going to Scripture and backing it up and looking at a prophecy and saying, look, hey, there's just a, a, not, not to prophesy yourself, but to say there's a lot of similarities. And it worked out. Now, this week, you've gone back. You've gone back to your Iowa State ways. And what happened in Ames, Iowa? The Baylor Bears got the road monkey off their back, went to a hostile environment, and got a win. Now, maybe they do it again this week. Scotty, before we break it all down, i got to tell the folks at home about BetOnline.net. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite sponsor to talk about while Scotty's on the show. Prasser on the show? Mm-hmm. Betting sponsor, betonline.net is your place to go for all your sports wagering needs. Number one source for football betting info this season. Not even just betting. It's got betting info, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline is your continued source for wagering on other sports too. MLB is going on right now. MMA, boxing, golf, whatnot. Uh, up to the minute scores for every sport as well. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Scotty, we have Blake Shapin starting for the first time in Morgantown. Uh, Shapin had he looked a lot better against Oklahoma State. I've slept since then. It's been a while since Baylor's last game, but he looked much more promising to me. Thought the run game was serviceable. The offense really wasn't bad. I, I wrote a couple articles about it, uh, especially in the second half. But the defense, man. The defense fell apart, and JT Daniels is by no means a bad quarterback. No, JT Daniels is really good, and and in fact, I think Baylor fans make a mistake. I got a text from some buddies earlier this week that said West Virginia is just bad, and I said no, they're they're really not, especially offensively. You're right; um, they've got some playmakers. Both JT Daniels and a couple of those running backs have had really good seasons thus far, as well. And and I'm going to push back on you a little bit. I think Baylor's defense played well enough to win against Oklahoma State. Hmm. I think when you have when you give up a kick return for a touchdown to open a half. And when you have 
drops in really crucial moments when you have Richard Reese missing a cutback lane in yeah. a really crucial moment. Um, I just think it's, it was a team loss against Oklahoma state. I wouldn't peg that too hard on the defense. Um, I still think that unit is really strong. Um, but you're right. The critical matchup in this game is going to be Baylor's young secondary against um, one of the more talented arms in the conference. Yeah, it looking at West Virginia, you know, it's CJ Donaldson who's got 56 carries for 389 yards and six touchdowns this season. Uh Baylor's Richard Reese across the way, 72 carry, 400 yards and seven touchdowns so far. We talked about Richard Reese a couple of weeks ago. He has just continued to deliver for Baylor. Been a really solid go-to at running back. I don't even I mean even if Tate McWilliams is completely healthy this week or in weeks forward, I still think it's Richard Reese's he he's got the keys to the Ferrari here. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I had someone asking me earlier this week about why Squirrel's not getting more carries. Richard Reese is averaging a yard more per carry on more yeah. carries. I mean, Reese Reese has really delivered. And what's got to be scary for opposing teams, Drake, is some of the criticisms of Reese about missing cutback lanes and missing the obvious hole on some of those zones, trying to get outside a little more often than he should. Those hmm. criticisms are valid. So once Reese can put it all together, and hit those cutback lanes. It's going to be really frightening for opponents, man, because that kid is special. I think he can really play. Yeah, I'm a little worried this week about Bryce Ford Wheaton, their best receiver, 35 receptions, 412 yards, and four touchdowns. He's been pretty solid so far. But we've already mentioned JT Daniels and his stat line, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. When I saw that, I was like, that's actually really solid. That That's pretty darn good stuff from JT Daniels. And I thought, how does that compare to Blake Shapin? Now, I'll let me remind you, I'm going to preacher mode now. Look what you've done to me. Let me remind you, JT Daniels, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Blake Shapin, 1,120 yards, nine touchdowns, and three interceptions. So as much as I was gawking over JT Daniels' numbers, they're nearly identical to what Blake Shapin's put out this season, too. Shapin, on paper, and maybe not the eye test every week, but on paper, has been more than serviceable at the quarterback spot. He's been a part of a great fraternity of quarterbacks in this conference. Yeah, and I would argue Shapin's doing it with with less proven weapons on the outside. Um, yeah. If you look down Baylor's stat sheet, outside of Monterey Baldwin and Ben Sims, there has not been a consistent target in the passing game that's really stepped up. And I know there's different you know, ideas of why that is. But mm. at the end of the day, Shapin has not had many go-to weapons on the outside emerge whereas West Virginia's got a pretty good bevy of receivers at their disposal. Yeah, both these teams are also coming off of double-digit losses in conference play. For West Virginia, it was against Texas. For Baylor, it was against Oklahoma State. And then Oklahoma State game two, you know, the Bears only had three points in the first half. So for them to be able to come back and at least get within eight at some point, and then Baylor did the whole thing with the guy in the safari hat. Were you at that game? I can't remember. Were you at that game? Yes. Oh, the safari hat. It's so hat bad. Game. It's Man. so bad. I haven't gotten in on the talk with you on this yet, but yeah, it's... I don't get it, man. We we got to retire that, right? I would hope so. That feels like Gen X humor, doesn't it? It's like Gen X humor trying to be relevant. Mm. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it feels very... Oh, I don't want to say boomer, necessarily. But some people have made the comment, like, this guy's got a PBS show, apparently. I wouldn't have known. The, stu the students wouldn't have known this guy's on PBS. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I recently learned that like this is apparently like a pretty big TV show in Texas for the elderly crowd on PBS. More power to you. That is spectacular. And I'm glad that's a thing. However, you bring that guy in to get a bunch of, 
you know, 18 to 22 year olds fired up for a football game. It's a one score game in the fourth quarter. It's probably not going to work that well. And it has not to this point. I, I love it. Baylor tweeted a video out of him doing the thing again. And someone, the very first quote, the very first tweet back immediately was there's still time to delete this. Yeah, I, I saw I liked that tweet. Actually, I the delete think- this tweet. I think Baylor fans in general have come behind the fact that we've got like the bad mojo that's come from this guy has been awful. Uh, hopefully that changes come Kansas next. Oh, 11 a.m. against Kansas next week. Horrible, man. We've done that before trying to get from the homecoming parade to tailgating to the game. It's just all so condensed. I hate it, but you kind of get it right. I mean, if Baylor takes care of business against BYU, that might be a late kickoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially as good as Kansas has been. Uh, but now it's like unranked Baylor against, you know, top 20 Kansas and Kansas could possibly be favored in that game. And granted, it all kind of I think Kansas. To- I think Kansas will be favored in that game. If they beat Oklahoma, they will be. Uh, if they lose to Oklahoma as bad as Oklahoma is, I would assume they won't be. What do you think about that game this weekend? Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas in Norman. Kansas is going to cruise. I mean, I really. I, yeah, dude, I, I kind of heard you and Cameron talking about this yesterday. Um, Bean can play. Yeah. Like, Bean was their starter the first half of the season last year. Yeah, yeah. He's got tools. And has show, he showed that against TCU. Like, he, your starter goes out, Jalen Daniels, who's been so good. And then Bean just stepped up and was dropping dimes. Like, that guy's got an arm, and he can run the football really well. It makes me wish sometimes, most of the time, that Blake Shapin could run the ball. Like, we, like I, I miss the Gary Bohannon running the football that we had last season. Not that Blake Shaven's a bad runner. He's just not that effective, you know? Dude, here's the deal. In college, it is to your advantage to have a quarterback who can put their head down and get four yards. It's just yeah. to your advantage. It's what made it's what made Cam Newton so elite, um, several other guys in that mold. And so for all of Gary's flaws as a mm. passer, dude could put his head down and get four yards, and that's what you needed against BYU. Um, yeah. I've kind of asked out loud. I am not a drones over shaping guy, mm-hmm. but could you, I, I've wondered, would it not be beneficial to have a package? You know, I was watching back that Oklahoma game I told you about last week and yeah. seeing Trevor Knight and Blake Bell rotate in because they could do different things. It could be to your advantage as Baylor. I don't think we're going to see it, but you're right. You're missing that element. I think in tough ball games. The bell dozer, man. That guy was in college for like eight seasons. Just Blake Bell, different position. Played and he's a year. still in the NFL. As a tight end, right? Unbelievable. Wow, the bell dozer. Um, other, other stats and things to look at in Baylor, West Virginia tonight. This is a West Virginia team that comes in. Here's something that I found really interesting in my notes for today's game. Uh, West Virginia allows 330 yards per game. Baylor allows 320. So they're pretty even. Uh, West Virginia pass yards allowed 230. Baylor 223. Rush yards allowed. Baylor's at 96.8. West Virginia's at 100 per game. So those are very even numbers. You might be thinking, oh, well, who has West Virginia played? How about Texas at Texas? Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech, where they won by 23, 33 to 10. Really good defensive game. They played uh, a Kansas team they allowed a lot of points to, played at Pitt as well. Four of the five teams that they played this season have been decent football teams, power five football teams, and their defense has put up pretty solid numbers. And that's Neil Brown's MO, right? I mean, Neil, Neil Brown, the comparisons to Matt Rule a couple years ago were just everywhere, right? Yeah. That, that Defensive-minded, hard-nosed, we're going to pound the football. It's actually kind of a change of pace that they brought in a guy like Daniels, and they're trying to throw it around the yard a little bit. Yeah. And, and again, I said earlier, this is not a bad football team. They, they may finish eighth, 
ninth, tenth in the Big Twelve, but uh, they can certainly win tonight if Baylor does its best game, especially in that building, man. So it's gonna be a fun. Yeah. For as bad as they've been to just not the best football team, you know, two and three is not awful. Oh, and two in conference plays, not, you know, that's the worst you could be in two games, but they have been not bad at allowing yardage. However, bad at allowing points. They allow almost 30, they do allow 30 points per game to pair compared to Baylor's 21. So that's certainly a factor. They're not good at keeping teams out of the end zone. They allow a lot of points. They allowed a lot to Texas a couple of weeks ago, and they're also coming off a bye. Baylor's coming off a bye. I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be, can I be transparent here for a second? You know, I Drake, tr- we, we really encourage in church that you would be transparent and forthright. So I would love to hear your honest opinion. I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess here. Well, that's not I, very Baptist of you, but I'll let you go ahead. It's not, is it? Not at all. I'm going to come to the altar too. Both of those things. We're going to break some molds here and say that I, and I, I want your thoughts on this, trust Dave Aranda so much more off of a bye week than I would trust Neil Brown off a of bye week. You know, I think that's that's a little tough to say just because Aranda's hasn't been a head coach very long. But I would just agree with you that in general, when it comes to the football minds, I mean, I'm going to take Dave Aranda over most coaches in college football. I am curious to see if Baylor can come out fast and aggressive because a lot of times you get those bye week kind of the sluggish start to the next game. Uh, we got to avoid that, man. You start slow tonight, it, it could be a long evening. So, Scotty, before we get you out of here, how does this game play out? Uh, your final score prediction and play-by-play for the four quarters in Morgantown tonight. Well, I won't quite go by play-by-play. We'd be here a long time. But I'll tell you that I, I went on the Country Roads webcast yesterday um, as part of their coverage for this game. And... Um, really good conversation, and and West Virginia fans uh, feel like they're going to get beat pretty handily, which wow. I kind of told them, I said, I don't know that Baylor fans feel that way at all. It's going to be an interesting thing to see, but I told them, I think Baylor comes out by 10. I think I think this is a situation where Baylor is clearly the better team, uh, regardless of how s- similar some of those statistics are. I think Baylor, having played BYU on the road, having played Oklahoma State, who could be the Big 12 champion this season, depending on how things shake out, um, has prepared them well for this. Um, no, and I do think at the end of the day, I do trust Blake Shapin. Um, I, I do think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to be very composed. If Baylor can just spring a couple of other guys loose and, and if Gavin Holmes can catch the ball, like, I mean, we should have won that Oklahoma State game, Drake. Like, like Baylor is just a couple of plays executed away from 5-0 and here. I really don't think Baylor's in that bad of shape. So, man, it's going to be closer than it should be because we're in Morgantown. Right, but give me the Bears by 10 on the road. Baylor stomped West Virginia last year. Just stomped them in Waco. Probably one of the easier games they played, definitely in conference play. My prediction for tonight's game, I'm going to go from my realist hat to my optimist hat and say Baylor is not going to have as good of a day offensively as folks would expect today. I think there are going to be some silly. I thought rusty... you said this was Optimist hat. This is Optimist hat. Okay, let's go. This is Optimist hat, Scotty. <laughs> Baylor has they're going to show some rust off the bye week, I think, um, and just not come out as full full cylinders you would expect, or at least turn the ball over a time or two in the red zone. Just stuff you're like, oh, face palm. West Virginia is going to score a few times. JT Daniels is a solid quarterback. Baylor's secondary has had too many holes not to allow West Virginia to get on the board for at least, in my opinion, 24 points. West Virginia gets 24 points. Baylor, you'll be scratching your head how they did not get more. 
because they probably should in a game against a West Virginia defense that allows a lot of points. Baylor will score 28 points. Four-point win in Morgantown. JT Daniels and company have the ball back. Last second opportunity to win it within two minutes to go. JT Daniels, minute and a half left, throws an interception to a Baylor secondary that had been not very good all night long, but they make the play that matters in the end. They pick off JT Daniels and Baylor wins 28-24. to And you, you look at yourself, you look at yourself and you go, oh, I know I said if we lost this game that the season was over. But it feels like we won this game, and I'm still not that confident in Baylor. Because week in and week out, it just seems like that's where it's been. It's like the one week it's this, next week it's that. I just don't know how much we're going to learn against a West Virginia team. It's the bottom three in the conference on the road on a Thursday night. I'm more looking forward to Kansas next week. Because Baylor, think about this, Scotty. Baylor wins two very winnable games. They are 5-2. and two. And we're back in the conversation of Baylor going to the Big 12 championship game with only one loss in conference play at 3-1. and one. So that's that's a world that be, I want to live in. I'd, I'd like to see what Kansas looks like before we call that a very winnable game. I, I, I mean, because before Daniels got hurt, I would have told you that they were going to the conference championship. So it's going to be really interesting to see how good that team looks against Oklahoma. But here's the deal, Drake. You come away 28-24, it changes the trajectory of the season, um, especially if it's an emotional win like that. That's, that's mm. still a huge notch in your belt. Um, I think you still feel... Really good about that. And I'll say this, Drake, speaking of coincidences and how how God works, Jordan Cruz on the Country Roads webcast, a West Virginia guy, also predicted 28-24 Baylor. Wow. Wow. Well, Scotty, this could be the first time Baylor ever wins in Morgantown. But my pessimist hat is back on. And if Baylor loses this game to West Virginia tonight, they will be lucky to get to a bowl game with the way the schedule looks the rest of the way. They may not be favored in another game this season if they lose to West Virginia tonight, and that is the truth. So before we all get excited, you got to win this one or you are in, I spell T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Listen, we're not going to end on that note. Friends, I <laughs> I believe. I believe this is the moment we will look back on um when we finish the season 10 and 2 we're going to look back on this moment right here the 3 and 2 going to the mountains where we've never won before and never. Baylor coming away with the victories the turning point in the season it's going to happen it's going to happen Drake have faith I hope so have I hope faith so if it doesn't things right but that's a big if cuz it's going to Baylor's going to win Baylor's going to win. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist, and Baylor's going to win. That's Scotty Swing. I'm Drake Toll. Thanks for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Scotty, thanks for joining every week. These sermons are always so good. Hey, man, this is a lot of fun. See you next week. It gets people going. All right, that was Scotty Swingler. This has been Locked On Baylor. We'll see you tomorrow where we recap Baylor's win against West Virginia. This has been, always will be, Locked On Baylor.